Hi, my name is Cody, and I'm on a mission to break the silence of domestic violence and sexual assault. This production is brought to you by Bolton Refuge House, which is located in Wisconsin. At Bolton Refuge House, we create a safe space through programs and services for all persons impacted by domestic violence, intimate partner violence, and sexual assault, and advocate for social change. Well, it's February. Valentine's Day is on its way, or over, depending on when this releases, and love is in the air. It's really all just so... disgusting, I hate it. But more importantly than overpriced chocolates and flowers, February is also Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month. I think we all know it's hard enough to be a teenager. I mean, you have school, hormones, friends, math class, homework, hormones, driver's test, college applications, and did I mention hormones? Now, to add on top of that, teens desire to become more independent and less reliant on their parents, and adding something like an abusive relationship along with all those other things is just a disaster waiting to happen. That's why today I want to discuss teen dating, what's it look like, what resources are available for teens in regards to keeping them safe while dating, and lastly, I sit down with Olivia from Victim Witness to discuss what she's noticed with teens going through the court process. So to start our conversation for the day, I promised we'd talk about what teen dating looks like. So, ready to feel uncomfortable? Great, me neither. So let's begin. First off, you'd be happy to know, or maybe not, teen dating hasn't probably changed much since you've been a teen. Two kids like each other, go to the local burger joint, maybe see a movie, catch the big high school game, you know, same old, same old. The only big difference is cell phones. That's right, I tricked you. This is all actually a talk about sexting. No, you can't leave. Yes, you have to stay and listen. Just so we're on the same page, sexting is the act of exchanging sexual explicit messages or images. And yes, teens are doing it. Doing sexting. I mean, not doing it meaning something else. I mean, they could be. In fact, Wisconsin's 2021 Youth Risk Survey surveyed 2,893 students of the Eau Claire area, and about 25.8% of them have indicated that they've had sex. But... Look, I'm already feeling uncomfortable, so we're just going to stick with sexting. Teens are doing the sexting. And that same survey says actually about 17% of the Eau Claire students are, in fact, sexting. Now I hear you say, okay, you're bringing this up during Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month. So out with it. What's so harmful about sexting? Well, if done respectfully between two consenting adults, nothing. However, that's not what's happening. First... Someone could be sent a message who never even wanted one in the first place. And second, a person could be bullied, threatened, or coerced into sending something they wouldn't have otherwise. Not to mention there is no guarantee that the person receiving the messages won't share them with anyone else. Which, if they did, could lead to that person being bullied, threatened, or coerced into sending more messages. Let's not forget that we're talking about teenagers here who are mostly under the age of 18, meaning any sexually explicit images being shared could be seen as child pornography. And guess what that survey of Eau Claire students showed? That 12th graders participated the most in sexting at about 20% of their student base doing so. But do you want to guess what grade is in second place with 17% of their students sending and receiving sexts? Yep, ninth grade. That's what, 14, 15-year-olds sending sexually explicit messages to each other? Now, is sexting considered violent? Well, it may not be physically violent, but I'd argue wearing someone down to the point of sending explicit images of themselves with no guarantee that those images won't be shared is mentally violent. 
And remember, we're just talking about how something done over the phone can be abusive and harmful to teens. We didn't even talk about the number of physical assaults teens face, which according to that same survey I've referenced multiple times now, 14% of Eau Claire teens stated they've experienced rape, sexual assault, or intimate partner violence. Interestingly enough, surrounding counties reported a similar percentage for their surveys. Now that I have you all scared and worried for Eau Claire's youth, I just want to say there are programs in effect to help educate teens on abusive relationships, and yours truly just got trained on one of those programs. Safe Dates is a 10-session program designed to raise student awareness on what a healthy relationship is. To help better explain what Safe Dates is, I'm going to read uh, the quick synopsis on the back of the Safe Dates manual. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, every year more than 1 in 10 adolescents experience verbal, physical, emotional, or sexual abuse from a dating partner. Stopping dating violence before it starts is imperative. Safe Dates 3rd Edition can help. This evidence-based program helps teens recognize the difference between caring, supporting relationships, and controlling manipulative and, or abusive relationships. The preteen and teen years are critical because young people begin developing the skills needed to create and foster positive relationships. Safe Dates equips young people with the tools that they need to build these skills. Highly engaging and interactive Safe Dates addresses the issues important to today's teens. The curriculum helps teens understand consent, what it is, what it isn't, and how to get consent, challenges the new norms related to dating and technology and addressing technology's role in dating abuse, and includes family engagement tools such as session-specific family discussion guides and the Families for Safe Dates programs to help families talk about healthy dating relationships and dating abuse. Safe Dates is a research-validated program showing a 12% reduction in dating violence victimization and 23% reduction in dating violence perpetration over the control groups. Safe Dates is also a core component of the CDC's Dating Matters program. So instead of scaring or shaming teens, Safe Dates works with teens, sharing potential warning signs of abusive relationships, um, as well as ideas on how to help someone who's in similar situations. As a parent, you may scoff at the idea of educating teens on healthy relationships and think just telling your teen not to date would be the much easier option. However, as you probably already know, telling a teen not to do something tends to have the opposite effect than what you wanted. That's why it's better to work with them, not against them. Because whether we like it or not, they're going to go on dates and they're going to have intimate partners. So why not give them the tools to keep them safe, not just now, but in adulthood as well? But I'm sure you've heard me yap on long enough for one podcast. So I'm going to turn things over to my friend Olivia, a victim witness specialist for Eau Claire, to tell us if she's noticed any interesting trends involving teens and teen violence. My name is Olivia. I am a victim witness specialist within the Eau Claire County District Attorney's Office in Victim Witness Services. I assist victims with utilizing their rights through the criminal court system, as well as ensuring that we are in compliance with Marcy's Law and Chapter 950. I have been doing this job for over two years now. My caseload consists of sensitive crimes with an emphasis on domestic violence. 
An interesting trend that I have noticed is that social media plays a large role with teen dating violence. Social media platforms can almost normalize teen violence when it comes to emotional abuse and teens sharing the relationship online. An example of this is a victim stating that their significant other is protective. Well, is the significant other protective or are they controlling? Another example of this is name calling or gaslighting that can often be normalized by calling it teasing. Stalking is also much easier on social media as oftentimes people don't even realize that it's occurring. So social media definitely plays a role in teen dating violence. I'm so glad Olivia brought up social media. It's something so normalized I completely forgot about it when writing the script for this podcast. But it's so obvious. Of course social media can play a role in teen dating violence. You can track someone's location through something like Snapchat you can be as anonymous as you want when threatening someone over social media. And you never really know how old someone is that you just met online. But I will turn things back over to Olivia while she shares with us some barriers that prevent teens and youth from reporting. A big barrier is the fear of the abuser finding out about the report. This doesn't just go for teens and youth, but anybody involved in a domestic violence relationship. There's also a stigma around reporting, um, especially in teens. Teens can be cruel, um, and oftentimes victims are afraid of bullying. Um, there's also the shame about around being a victim, even though there's nothing to be ashamed of, but that goes into the stigma. Um, also that they're young minds and sometimes it's hard for them to grasp the severity of what's occurring and why it's important that these incidents do be reported. Next, I wanted to know if Olivia has had any unique difficulties she's experienced with helping teens throughout the court process that she may have not experienced with older victims. I've noticed that it's much more difficult to explain each part of the court system to teen victims. Um, teen victims' minds are usually going a million miles a minute, and it's more difficult to have them focus on the now rather than the future. Another thing is it can be a struggle working with the parents, as the parent is the statutory victim. Sometimes teens do not want their parents involved in the case, which it can make it really hard to navigate. The media and TV and movies also display an unrealistic portrayal of the criminal justice system as well as outcomes, which can also make it more difficult to explain the criminal justice system. Lastly, I wanted to know, are schools a helpful resource with helping teens who are experiencing violence? School resources definitely can be beneficial for teens. However, school resources are not always utilized due to the stigma or asking for help, which is especially true in a school setting, again, with the fear of, you know, facing bullying or retaliation. Many of the schools in the Eau Claire School District do have school resource officers, which are a great resource to utilize for services. Um, there are also a lot of other community resources that could be beneficial depending on the circumstances um, surrounding the domestic violence incident. To all the parents out there, as a dog owner with no kids, I feel like I'm the most qualified to tell you that I'm sure you're doing a good job. Yes, I'd imagine that raising a teenager can be scary and quite difficult, especially in this day and age with all the pressures around sex and sexting and what have you. Just remember, if you're concerned for your teen, you can't go wrong with just sitting down with them and having a conversation. Oh boy, will it be uncomfortable, but I promise you it can go a long way. Speaking of which, 
the Eau Claire Health Alliance made conversation cards to help those difficult conversations with the youth. The conversation cards include 166 questions in 12 categories. Categories including icebreakers, building connections, taking action, technology, relationships, development, body image, mental health, substance misuse, growing up, tough stuff, nutrition, and physical activity. If you're interested in getting a deck of conversation cards, just go to the Eau Claire Health Alliance website, click on the resource tab, then scroll down to Healthy Relationship Promotion. There you'll find the information for the Connect With Me conversation cards, as well as an option to download them in either black and white or colored. The Health Alliance does have a limited supply of cards already printed. You just have to put in a request form for them. The form to submit that request can be found under the same section in the Healthy Relationship Promotion. With that said, I hope you have a good day or night. I'd like to thank Olivia for being on the podcast. Of course, I'd like to thank you for listening, and until next time. If you or someone you know is affected by domestic violence or sexual assault, I encourage you to reach out to our 100% confidential 24-hour hotline. That number is 715-834-9578. We have trained advocates ready to help.